welcome to Repod, the podcast discussing podcasting in Europe with industry experts and creators. My name is Alexander Demelrici and I'm your host. So for this very first episode of Repod, we invited Joanna Avellan, who is International Expansion Director at Acast. Acast is a Swedish-founded company that provides hosting, monetization and growth support to podcasts. Given her role, we found that inviting Joanna would be the perfect occasion to have a large discussion on podcasting in Europe. So in this chat, we discussed with Joanna how the European podcast market looks like, what are the characteristics of different European national podcast markets and what are the challenges ahead for the European industry. So this is me speaking to Joanna Veillon. Joanna, thanks a lot for being with us today here on Repod. My pleasure. Joanna, I'd like to start really from your job. So what you do at Acast, can you explain to us what it means to work as content expansion manager at Acast? Yes. So I'm officially ACAST International Expansion Director for the Creator Network, which is a very long title. But basically what that means is I help ACAST launch its creator network operations in new markets. So I'm responsible for our sort of entry strategy in new markets. I'm responsible for working with our first podcast partnerships, responsible for looking at what we could be doing in terms of getting the best possible experience at the start of a market. So whether that's doing some sort of event or looking at some press relationships or looking at specific partners to work with, things like that. So yeah, I sort of talk to podcasters in different countries all the time. I'm always sort of following the evolution of podcast markets globally. And so far, working for Acast, I helped launch our operations in Canada, in Mexico, in Denmark, most recently in Spain, Italy, and just recently, as of last week, the Netherlands. That must be really exciting. And I think it's great to have you with us today because this show is all about podcasting in Europe mainly. So we'll go into this in a minute, but just maybe one step back further is how did you get into podcasting at all, actually? Yeah, it was honestly not planned. I had worked in music before, so I was coming from the world of audio. What happened is I was working in a field called music supervision, which is basically negotiating licensing rights for music to go into audiovisual production. So I was always very interested in sort of licensing and music in general and sort of storytelling just in general. So that made sense in terms of being interested in podcasts. I was also a very big podcast listener. And I think from when the industry kind of kicked off, I was right there listening to a lot of different shows. So I've always been kind of working in different countries and moving quite a lot. And at that point, I was working in Amsterdam for a Swedish music company called Epidemic Sound. And they're also a Swedish company like Acast is. And I had gone to Stockholm quite a few times and really enjoyed it and decided to move there. And so when I arrived in Stockholm, I was looking for a job and this opportunity with an Acast kind of arose. They had just started an expansion team and were interested in my experience previously, which was also sort of doing some business development within music as well. And yeah, I had that experience in audio. I was passionate about podcasting and just sort of was the perfect fit. And I was really, really happy to sort of be able to stay within the audio space, but in a different space than the music industry, which obviously is at a very different stage than the podcast industry is. And um, yeah, I love it. 
Great. Yeah. And I think that you already touched upon the notion of really markets in Europe. So I'd like to take the chance in this first episode really to dig a bit into what the European podcast markets look like, given your experience as well. I think it's really relevant. So we know that whatever happened in Europe obviously came after what happened in the US, but we will come to it maybe in a later moment in this interview. But can you help me or help the audience understand a bit how the European podcast market looks like from your specific and peculiar perspective? Yeah, I think that's a very, very hard question to answer, to be honest, because obviously there's not one European podcast market. There's many, many, which is so different when you compare it to obviously the US or Canada and things like that. So I'd say there are several things to look at here. Obviously, one of the very specific things about Europe is that there are many languages that are involved, obviously. And so what we tend to see is that markets that are maybe a little bit more evolved or have people listening to podcasts most are markets where the languages are spoken in a lot of different countries outside of just Europe. So if we look at Spain, for example, that has a very high amount of listeners. If we look at the UK, which is obviously one of the most sort of developed podcast market, even France to a level, there are also a lot of different sort of profiles. And I think that that is what to me, is one of the most interesting aspects of podcasting, specifically in Europe, is that there is almost a different sort of identity to every podcast market according to, you know, obviously their level of sort of preparedness and how developed they are, and also what the sort of cultural aspect and cultural differences are to that specific country. And so an example that... I like to look at, for example, is France, which is my home country. And France was very much, um, that industry was very much kickstarted by uh, women and specifically feminist women because they found in um, the podcasting industry a way to have their voices heard after sort of realizing that traditional media didn't really have a space for women as much as they wanted to. And they found that they could just sort of have their voice out there without necessarily needing to jump through the hoops of being heard on traditional media. And to this day, a lot of those podcasts remain some of the bigger ones in France and the society and culture segment is still the most popular in France. And so the start of that industry kind of really shaped what the podcast market looks like now. And this is years later. And I find that also the way that the media industry looks like and what it's shaped like, which obviously dates much uh, further than the start of the podcast industry, also really shapes the way that the content is produced and consumed in any given country. So places where radio is really big and people listen to or have listened to the radio for a long time in, in a very uh, high amount they sort of still remain very big in podcasting because those radios were able to sort of turn their best shows or most popular shows into podcasts and people still consume radio in podcast form. However, places where maybe there's a little bit less of that radio culture, that means that there tends to be a lot more space for indies. So people will consume more indie podcasts. So yeah, it's very hard to compare, but it's it just really depends on what a specific country looks like. 
I would be tempted to say that this poses an intrinsic limit to the kind of size of the European market. As you said, there's not one single European market, but there's national markets. And this makes us really different from the US. It's not only about podcasting. This happens a bit in any field, so to speak. But in podcasting, which is so bound with national languages, it's even more important maybe. But just your sense, is this making your job more exciting today to analyze these different markets? Or do you see it more as an intrinsic limit to the development of podcasting in Europe? I mean, for me, that is the most exciting part of my job, definitely. I think it's, I just kind of see it as a different project every time. I find it so interesting to be able to sort of jump into a new market. And I almost see it as like detective work of, you know, looking at what is the media profile and what are the most popular genres and how does that relate to the overall culture. And obviously also now like having experienced dozens of different markets, I can also sometimes see where there's space, for example, in a specific um, market. So if I see that maybe there isn't, um, you know, like parenting shows or maybe the true crime scene could be improved or things like that, I also sort of see where there would be space for creators to potentially develop. So I personally love it, but obviously it makes it harder, I think, for the industry in Europe, before we want to talk about a European podcast industry to develop to the level of the US. But that doesn't necessarily mean that if we look at proportions within each market, they are not sort of interesting enough to be valued by advertisers or even audiences in terms of looking at subscription businesses and things like that. I definitely think that podcasting is big in Europe. And um, it's getting bigger by the minute. So it's very, very, very valuable. Yeah, I think it's interesting to look at podcasting as something which really developed to give also, as you said, voices who couldn't find maybe the proper space to develop. And at the same time, it's increasing as an industry and maybe looking as, you know, what happened maybe to video a decade ago or so. I found it extremely fascinating when you say I'm taking a look at the market and see whether the true crime scene is not so developed. So can you give us some other examples, you know, about you facing markets like you mentioned Spain, for instance. I know that there has been recently announcement about the Netherlands from Acast. Can you give us a bit more of examples of how you just tackled maybe a given market and what you saw? Yeah, so usually I always start by sort of looking at the charts of what people are consuming. And I sort of try to see whether I see podcasts coming a lot from one specific source or whether they're sort of divided between a lot of independents or a lot of different companies. So I try to understand basically whether there are a few key players in one market or whether it's sort of a well-distributed industry with a lot of different medias or networks or indies and things like that. And so that gives me a good sense of how sort of developed um, the market is. And then I'll obviously look at genres and the most popular ones and what are sort of the profiles of those specific podcasts. And obviously, as the industry becomes bigger, a lot of the markets start to look a little bit the same. But there is still a massive amount of difference between what people are consuming and what their favorite genres are. And I actually think that that is such a fun exercise to just sort of randomly look at what is popular in India and what's popular in Mexico, what's popular in Hungary, you know, and that tells you a lot, I feel like, about a country because obviously from a creator perspective, but also from an audience perspective, the barrier to entry to podcasting is quite low compared to other uh, types of uh, medias. And so it can be sort of a very true 
showing of what a country's desire for information and what a country's desire for expression is. And I think that that is one of my favorite parts of it is that you can truly see what do people care about here and what do they want to learn about. And that is, I think, so fascinating. So that's kind of what I look at as a whole. And obviously a big part of what we do at ACAST is monetizing those podcasts. And so we also need to look at the sort of advertising industry and what is going on in there. And so that's another thing that I'll do is I'll listen to podcasts, even though sometimes I don't necessarily understand what I'm listening to, um, but try to get a sense of whether there is already some sort of advertising in those podcasts and whether people are already sort of monetizing their shows in that way or in other ways. And, you know, obviously with the today, the rise of subscription businesses and uh, paywalled content and branded content and things like that. That's also something that I look at. What are sort of the advertising practices in a new market that we're looking at? Brilliant. And you mentioned ads. Can that be kind of a proxy to determine how developed a given market is in Europe? Or in other terms, can we say something comparative, you know, across Europe, based on what you have seen, of course. I mean, I'm not expecting you to give us, you know, the absolute truth, but which are the most developed markets in Europe today, in your opinion, in podcasting? Again, I think it depends on how you want to look at it. You know, how many podcasts are produced, how many people are listening, how engaged are listeners, how many podcasts are they listening to in a week? What is the size of the ad market? How fast is it growing? You know, like it's impossible to give just one sense of sort of what makes a podcast market big. I'd say some of the ones that are the biggest are the English-speaking ones. So like Ireland, England, these kinds of markets. We know that podcasting is also very, very big in the Nordics in terms of specifically audience size. Um, there's a lot of people in the Nordics listening to podcasts. In terms of listenership, like the size or the percentage of people within the country listening to podcasts, I believe Spain has the top spot. Italy is also a country where people are listening to podcasts a lot. And then, as we know, France, Germany, UK are some of the biggest ad markets in Europe. And so that is also true in podcasting. So lots of different possible answers. But I'd say Western Europe as, at this stage is probably bigger or surely bigger than uh, Eastern Europe is. And within that, the sort of traditional UK five are going to be the biggest ones. Yeah. This kind of mirrors an experience we had internally at Bull Media, where we kind of try to look for podcast production agencies as we are in the east of Europe. And we really struggle to find some in some countries. So looking at Bulgaria, Romania, we couldn't really find, you know, a kind of that environment of actors, you know, who would care about podcasting and try to bring it to the next level. And I think this kind of matches what you are describing here. Just disclaimer for the audience, Joanna and myself, we met in Brussels for a panel debate. And there was one thing you said, Joanna, I'd like you maybe to bring to this audience who will listen to the podcast is you mentioned also that there is kind of national characteristics which have then an impact even on the podcasting industry of that country. So I think you were mentioning Italy specifically about the cover artwork of the series. Is that right that there is something specific to that in Italy? Yes, absolutely. And that goes back to what I was saying about like sort of looking at 
one country's podcasting market sort of tells you a lot about that country's interests and um, sort of preferences in general. And definitely one of the things that I noticed when I started looking at Italy was the fact that the artwork is gorgeous. It's just beautiful compared to other markets that I look at. And even though Italy isn't necessarily the most developed market in Europe, it has such attraction for like beautiful things, as you can tell by artwork. And you can tell that that is really something that the creators are thinking about. And obviously, Italy has such a tradition for design and art and is a country that you think about when you think about beautiful art. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it makes sense, of course. Right. So let's come to the end of this really interesting chat, enlightening chat about podcasting in Europe. So what's next in your opinion for podcasting in Europe? And I think it could be nice to just define maybe the key challenges you see ahead and perspectives for development. I think for me at this stage, there are two kind of big challenges in podcasting in general. One is diversity. I think it's very, very important that we sort of as an industry manage to make sure that all voices are present, first of all, and also heard, second of all, in the industry. I think I would love to see an industry that remains very diverse and doesn't necessarily become sort of the same everywhere and that everyone that wants to get into podcasting has the space to do so and find an audience. And I do believe that Obviously, we, the companies working in it, the newsletters, giving visibility to podcasts, those players, we do have a responsibility in that. And that's something that we take very seriously at ACAST and something we think about a lot in how we strategize around podcasting. And then the second one is discoverability. I think as the industry gets bigger and there is more and more podcasts, it tends to be that people are becoming a little bit overwhelmed with finding new shows to listen to. And unfortunately, I think that that kind of goes hand in hand with my first point, which is that that can create a limitation in what people sort of listen to and they only listen to a handful of shows or the bigger ones and things like that. Whereas I think that one trend that we see is that the more you listen to podcasts, the more you listen to podcasts. So if people are allowed to find new podcasts, um, they will help grow the industry. And so everyone kind of wins within that. And I think that that is also something that needs to be product-led, like finding better ways to discover new shows, but also creator-led. And I think that there is a huge amount of space for creators to actually do more marketing for other creators within their podcasts and sort of organize as an industry to help people find other shows that they like and give some light to other podcasts while also getting some from other podcasts, of course, but just sort of organizing a little bit more within that space so that we as an audience have more options of podcasts to listen to that we think we could love. And so hopefully what's next goes towards that. Uh, in my opinion, I'm pretty certain that the industry will keep growing. There is no reason why people would stop listening to podcasts. We see that everywhere in the world. It's an industry that's growing. What I hope is that we see a lot of development also on the ad side and on the subscription side so that, you know, the more people are making money and are making a living from podcasting, the more sort of the industry will flourish, of course. 
Definitely. I mean, cross promotions, you know, among creators is something we'll look into in the next episodes. And so maybe a better focus on ads market and how advertising works. And who knows, maybe we might get back to ACAS to some colleagues of yours, as this is one of the key traits of ACAS as, you know, monetization business. Jonna, where can people follow you today? I guess LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me and see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Great. Um, so then people just follow Joanna on LinkedIn. And Joanna, once again, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. I love talking about podcasting. I could do it all day. And that's it for the first episode of Report, the podcast discussing podcasting in Europe with industry experts and creators. We'll be back next month with another relevant chat on podcasting in Europe. But meanwhile, for you to know, Repod is not only a podcast series, but also a specific project led by the Brussels-based podcast production agency Bull Media. Through the Repod project, Bull Media aims at exploring the art of remakes in podcasting, trying to bring podcast series produced by independent creators in one country to other national audiences in Europe. Repod is a partnership between Bull Media and Acast. The project is financed by the Stars for Media program, which is an innovation exchange program aiming at facilitating cooperation between media professionals to accelerate media innovation and cross-border cooperation. To check out Stars for Media, visit starsformedia.eu. That's starsformedia.eu. Stars for Media is co-founded by the European Commission.